Live from the summit in San Antonio, Texas, the Core presents Sales Training Bootcamp with Josh Sigmund and Ben Lemon. Today's topic, Master of the Clock, Getting It All Done. So I changed my walk-up music for tomorrow. Um, the walk-up music that I was deselected and uh, Rick very clearly said no was I was going to play Like a Virgin. That was going to be my walk-up music. <laughs> and the reason was it's been 18 months it's been on stage. i got to tell you, it's a little bit, it shakes you a little bit, man. So I'm super excited to be back. Uh, I am the color green on my little dot. Uh, I expect you to jump on me and give me a big hug because I miss all of you. But I'm really excited about talking, about, uh, talking with you all you guys today because the world changed, if you guys haven't noticed, the last 12 months. And uh, Ben and I have had some great, 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 great conversations about what should we talk about. In fact, I don't usually plan speeches at all. Um, he does. Lots, so we had lots and lots and lots of conversations over the last uh, 60, 90 days. And I think the reason why we needed to kind of process what to talk about when you think about the conversation we're having of mastering the clock. Clearly, this is a time management class, which is the world's most boring conversation ever, right? Uh, but it's also one of the most important things, in my opinion, because uh, I had three, four conversations right when I was walking up in the last 10 minutes and just checking on people. How are you doing? What's latest? And uh, I heard people move across the country. Some good friends of mine that literally picked up and left state because of politics and moved to a different state. Uh, I talked to a past student of mine who had to have a major surgery um, in the last 90 days, separate of the fact that her daughter was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And you start to think about all these other things. You know, when you think about COVID in general, there's people that are no longer with us, people that we haven't seen in ages. And so when I think about my calendar, one of the best things that came out of COVID for me in the last 12 months, one of the very best things is I got to focus on what mattered most to me. And that's what my calendar reflects right now. When you really look at who I'm with, who I talk to, what I do, what I don't do anymore, it's really because... I think that there's this hyper focus right now in the world on just be with those that you love most because tomorrow's not guaranteed and it's not, it's not a given. And so the way I want to kind of start this is, um, what I want you to do is go ahead and write down your top five things that are on your calendar right now that you do week in and week out, day in and day out. And it can only be five things that you actually do that's on your calendar every week. So if it's something you do, but it's on your calendar, I don't care about it. Go ahead and write down the top five things that are on your calendar that are the most consistent for you. Just write it down. Five things. All right. All right. All right. Come on back. And so I was asking Mr. Lemon here, like, what have we talked about in the past? When you think about time management classes, what are the things that are most impactful to you? It's actually what prompted our opening today. And so what I would say to all of you, now that you've all verbalized what are the five things that are on the calendar that are most consistent for you, and everyone got to witness it at your table, I'm not going to make you all say it out loud, but as an outsider, if I was reading your calendar, what would it say about you? Because I believe that the proper use of your calendar is for it to be a reflection of your priorities. Okay? So if you don't like what that says about you, if I were reading your calendar as a book, 
and said, well, I don't know Jerry. Let's see who Jerry is. And Jerry looks like he's a monster producer. And Jerry looks like he trains to take care of his team. But Jerry's married and there's nothing about his wife. Jerry says he's godly, but there's nothing about God. Jerry says he's got kids, but I don't see that he drops off his kids at school. Then I would say that that's something we need to all work on. Okay? I did hear, I believe it was right there somewhere, that you do have on your calendar dropping off kids, pick up kids. Is that right? One of you guys? Yep. So I want to start that way, and I just want you to write that down. Okay? Your calendar is a reflection of your priorities. So the biggest issue that we see as coaches all the time is that you come to a summit or you go to a great seminar or you read a great book and you have this great idea that you're going to implement immediately. You go home and you run home and on Monday you're going to get after it and you throw it into your calendar because it seems like a great idea at the time because this thing works for this person so it certainly must work for me. But then for some reason or other you don't follow through you do it occasionally Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. Or at some point you look back and like, when did I stop doing that thing that worked so well for me two years ago? When did that come off my calendar, right? And it all comes back to, it's not a real reflection of your priorities, okay? So what the purpose today is, as we work through this, is I really believe, and Ben really believes, that if we strip back your basic beliefs about time management and get rid of your calendar in a whole, and put it back together with the right framework first, you're more likely to follow the calendar on a consistent basis. More importantly, the things that you're actually doing are the most important things for you, for your business, for your family, for your faith, or otherwise. And if you don't peel everything back, look at it from the outside in, and then go back and dive back in and refill it in, which is going to be something we're going to work on during this class, then you're doomed to keep on doing what you're currently doing. Let's find out what this room is currently doing. Stand up if you follow your your calendar 95% or better, regardless if you like what it says or not. 95% of every single appointment, power hour, drop-off time, you follow it, stand up if it's 95%. Just you and me. Congratulations. That's the thing. That's what we want to focus on. So where we want to start and I want to really understand is why don't we follow calendars in the first place? And when we were doing kind of a warm-up scenario trying to figure out how we're going to break this conversation up, I asked Ben. And Ben told me this story that threw me for a loop. I was like, I get it. So please, (laughs) Mr. Lemon, lead the way. Thank you, Josh. So who here likes time management? Does anybody like time management? I do like it now, but let me tell you a little story about me. So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I grew up on a dairy farm in southwest Missouri. So does anybody know what it's like to grow up on a dairy farm? You do. So I, didn't, I never left home one time while growing up. Not once. Because the cows had to be milked and the calves had to be fed. So I'll, t- I'll tell you a little story. So um, my dad likes to call this story uh, Roll on the Rocks. So you're probably like, what are you talking about? So I'd heard about this. I'm the youngest of eight kids, and my siblings used to joke about um, that my dad had kids because it's free labor. We just, they had to feed us. That was it. And so 
growing up on the farm um, with this uh, roll on the rocks. So my dad, when he said to do something, he meant it. So in the morning, I'm laying in bed. I'm laying in bed, laying there. I'm sleeping. And my dad yells down the stairs, get up. And so I'm like, whatever. And I roll back, and I roll back, and I go back to sleep. I don't know how long it was before he came down, but he comes down the stairs. He's like, Ben, get up. He rips the covers off of me. I'm in my whitey tidies. I'm laying there. And, you know, growing up on a farm, you can imagine the smell. At least I can imagine the smell of my dad. He just came in from the barn. And he rips the covers off of me and grabs me by the, by the hands, pulls on my arms, and I feel like my, my, literally my arms are coming out of their joints, and he grabs me and pulls me out of the bed and starts dragging me up the stairs. And as I'm getting drug up the stairs, my feet hit every stair. And I'm like, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm literally going to kill this guy. Dragging me up the stairs takes me outside, drags me across the concrete, starts whipping me around on the rocks. And so he throws me down, and I run back in the house. So time management for me is highly emotional. Can anybody relate to time management being emotional? I hate time management. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I don't want to follow a calendar. I want to do things on my terms and I want my freedom. So this has been a big journey for me throughout the years of understanding that time management actually gives me freedom. And so... <laughs> so I did not have to get my butt kicked and drag across the rocks for the record. I take the more polite uh, route of doing yeah. things. But I, when I heard that story, we were kind of going back and forth and saying, well, why don't people uh, follow your calendar? Anyone have any ideas? Throw something out. Why don't you follow your calendar? Only one, two of us did 95%. What, what's the reason? You're always running late. So that is also known as too much in your calendar, right? Okay, cool. What's yours? Too many distractions? Good distractions or bad distractions? Both. Okay, cool. So you're a squirrel guy? Okay, cool. Interruptions. Who's allowed to interrupt you? Only you can interrupt you, right? Another phone call comes in. You're choosing to not follow your calendar for a reason, right? What else? Email? Why do you read email? Email is like the devil. Who else? Yes. Because you really don't want to do it. Do we miss anything? Like, outside of that, is there anything, any other reason why people don't follow their calendar? I think we like, all of us like distractions. If you pull out your cell phone right now, you, you can actually go and see how much time you actually spend on your phone Oh, on a true. daily basis. Has anybody ever done that? It's crazy. Is that the screen time something? Okay, cool. So here's the point. So bottom line is what you're doing currently doesn't work. We've established that for whatever reason, probably emotional for half of us, probably because we don't have the right things in there in the first place that we're actually motivated to follow through on. Okay? Because we're really clear, guys, that motivation is temporal. Right? Motivation is fleeting. That's why people go to motivational speeches. It doesn't work. So if we're going to go back to what it really is required, I want to go through and reframe your thoughts around what the goals are of proper time management, what the actual goals are. And there's five of them, okay? Number one, 
Number one goal is to reduce the numbers of decisions you make per day. There's a goal of time management. So I actually like time management for a variety of reasons. But bottom line, it starts with I don't have to think about anything. My wife is still funny to me. She's, in the morning, she says, hey, what are you doing today? I'm like, I don't know, whatever my calendar tells me to do. But probably the same as yesterday. Because I basically do the same thing every single day. Okay? But I want to reduce the number of decisions. There's lots of, uh, 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 lots of studies about this, lots of books about this, that all of us, when we wake up in the morning, have a finite number of decisions that we can actually make. And there's a reason why doctors do operations at what part of the day? Real early. Right? So they have to make a decision. They've got to be fresh and be able to make those decisions. So organization, as simple as, thank God I'm a little bit colorblind, because I have to have my uh, wardrobe color-coded out, where I can walk in in the dark and grab any shirt and any pair of pants, and it's going to match. I have about four types of socks, right? If you looked at my socks yesterday, they were also coarse socks. They're all blue, because blues, grays, and greens all blend in for me and work for me. So pay attention the next couple days. You'll see blues, grays, and greens, except for black. Because when I'm trying to do my power thing, I'll wear a black, a black shirt and a black, uh, black watch. I want fewer decisions. So if I have my calendar done, the goal is to reduce the decisions. Number two goal. Number two, to keep you focused on what matters most at work, with self, and at home. To keep you focused on what matters most at work, with self, and at home. Okay? Here's why that's an interesting concept. If my calendar truly is helping me in the areas I deem to be the most important, why wouldn't I do it? It makes following the calendar much easier. For example, I chose years ago, you guys, half of you guys at least have heard the story of, like, I'm just curious, what does this mean to some of you guys? Anyone remember? Okay, I can't believe you remember. Well, my daughter fixed me by saying loan officers look like they hold a, and realtors too, hold a phone against your head and put up your finger. That's what it looks like to be a realtor and loan officer. It will fix your butt quickly if you care as a father or as a mother, right? So, as a decision, I decided I want to coach all of my kids. Part of the reason why I had to be the coach or be the assistant coach and not just be a bleacher bunny is because it forced me to leave on time to make practice. Because if I'm the guy running the practice, it's not just my kid waiting for me, it's all the kids waiting for me. So it makes it easier to actually go home on time. Raise your hand if you're guilty of not being great about going home on time. Half the room. Cool. Put something important that's not at work on your calendar. You have a reason to leave. Okay? The third thing, to reduce day-to-day stress and fatigue. That's a goal of time management. To reduce day-to-day stress and fatigue. What should all of you guys be doing first thing in the morning at least four days a week? Working out. Working out. Why? Start the day off right. Start the day off right. So a little bit of mentality. But what else does that physically do to your body? Gets it moving. Endorphins. Right? You get moving, get some endorphins going, you feel better. Believe it or not, that reduces day-to-day stress and fatigue. Let alone if the activities on your calendar are interesting to you, then you're going to be less interested with BS-like emails. Does that make sense? So we'll reduce day-to-day stress and fatigue if done right. The next one, number four, to allow you 
and this is a hard one for all you I personalities out there, to allow you to remove clutter from your calendar without feeling bad about it. Raise your hand if you agree to doing a lot of stuff that is extra stuff, extra work, extra hours for you because they asked you to and you don't want to hurt their feelings and so you agree and go forward. You volunteer for that board. You're part of that charity. You stay late to help out your your, uh, agent that doesn't, it's not an agent in your brokerage, not even an agent that works with you or for you. You do all this extra stuff for everybody else. Okay? Once you write something down the side here. Whenever you say yes to somebody, you're saying no to somebody more important. Whenever you say yes to somebody, you're saying no to somebody more important. Who is the somebody that's typically more important? Your family. That's the reality. When we agree to all this extra crap, it takes from somebody important to us. Okay? So great time management gives you permission to get rid of the clutter from your calendar. Okay? And the last one is, and this is the key, to bring you a sense of joy and an accomplishment through Groundhog Days. Who felt like the last 12 months kind of went on and on and on and on and on and on? It's like, holy crap, I am tired. Who felt that way? Cool. Nikki told me something about five months ago that will stick with me forever. I've worked really hard in markets and not been compensated accordingly. Right now, I'm working really hard in this market, being compensated accordingly. I'm fine and dandy with this one. Joy all day, every day. Whistle while I work kind of shit, right? So we have to think about that stuff a little bit. But what are you interjecting into your day and into your week that's going to bring you a sense of joy and accomplishment on these groundhog days that we have? Because what we're going to work on as we kind of go through this with a little bit of table work is this idea that I hope I can run this marathon three more times and make it an ultra marathon. Who really doesn't want this market to go on forever? Like we complain about some challenges, but who really doesn't want to go on forever? Anybody? Anybody? We want this going forever. So we have to have the stamina mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. We have to have the stamina to make the distance. And that's why you need to listen to this class about the purposes and the why and the goals behind your, your actual calendar. Okay. What page do we have on this one? 125. 125. Cool beans. So, Ben, I want you to go ahead and get started on this next piece, okay? Yep. So, as we work through this, as we peel things back, Ben's going to help me out with, there's four questions that I believe and Ben believes, if you really peel out your calendar and we want to start over all again, there would be four questions you would, would want to answer for yourself before you start inserting things back into your calendar. Everyone's clear about that? So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go back and forth. We're going to do table work as we go, because I need you to really answer these questions for you. I don't want to put things in your head, and then we'll give you our best answers. Okay? So, what are the four questions? Let them work on it, and then we'll give our answers. Awesome. What makes you really happy? Let's write down, what makes you really happy? Okay, number two, what makes you feel accomplished? Number three, what is the most important decision you're facing? What is the biggest hole in your business?
And lastly, what are the top four priorities of the year? What are your top four priorities for the year? Cool. Josh and I are going to share ours. Josh, what makes you happy? Uh, mine are easy. Uh, kids' sports make me happy. My ranch makes me happy. Like, I've got a, a, a bobcat. So I get, like, uh, let's see here. 30 days ago, my 14-year-old daughter went on her first date. Really stressed me out a lot. About 12 o'clock at, around noontime, I looked at my wife. I said, I'm going to go to the ranch for a little bit. So I drove out the ranch and knocked down all sorts of crap with my, with my bulldozer. It was pretty fun. But my ranch makes me really happy. Working out makes me happy. Reading makes me happy. And kids' sports make me happy. Those are the things that make me the happiest. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I really like working out now, uh, as well as I love to read. I love to journal, um, as well as I love spending time with my fam, obviously my family and my work family. So those are my top four things that I love to do. Love it. So. What makes you feel accomplished, Josh? Uh, so I was guilty, guilty, guilty of not calling every agent every week like I was supposed to uh, in the height of COVID. Anyone else feel guilty about that a little bit? Cool. Uh, for me, one thing that makes me feel super accomplished is that if I make at least 10 outbound phone calls a day, I feel accomplished. That makes me feel accomplished. Uh, that'd be one big one for sure. What about, your, what about yourself? For, from a personal standpoint, number one, going to the gym. Number two, having an amazing team meeting. I love having an amazing team meeting and then having a power hour to start off the day. Those are my most important things when I start off the day. What is the most important decision you are facing right now? Uh, so this is a question. This is one I want everyone to understand. There's one question that every coach basically asks, asks every student every week that we're on the calls. And it's what's the biggest hole in your business, right? So if you understand what that is, there's got to be time for it. This is the problem-solving time. So right now, for me, it would be training my new people. My biggest hole in my business right now, uh, I am five net new uh, loan uh, assistants since this time last year, and four of the five are rookies to the business. So the biggest issue in whole is not a big issue, but the biggest one for me is that for me to level up and get out of what I'm doing on a daily basis and do more of what I want to do, I need to train them up. So for me, it's all about training right now. How about yourself? Yeah, training, training is definitely a thing in my office, but I also have five LOs that have been, have been with me for under a year. So training them, helping them see the vision, holding them accountable to that vision, and getting them where they need to be. What's the biggest hole in your business? Same question. Biggest hole in the business yeah. is the rookies. Okay. What are the top four priorities for the year for you, John? Four for me don't change very much, actually. So uh, top four priorities, it w I've got some business, some personal. For business, it's to make a dollar more and do a do uh, both units, volume, and income over 2020's numbers. To just not go backwards is my, my number one priority there. Uh, number two is to feed my mind and mindset. Uh, so I'm back to reading a book a week uh, now that I've finished my – 54-hour saga of reading Shogun. Uh, that was that, uh, that that slowed down my one a week, but it was very necessary for me. Uh, so feeding my mind and mindset. The third one is to uh, get back into uh, gratitude, uh, because I find that when I get really, 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 really busy, that I take people around me and clients that come to me sometimes for granted. And so working on the gratitude journal, 
uh, working on uh, reading my leadership Bible every, uh, every morning is what kind of solves and fixes that problem. And number four is going to be is my marriage. My top priority this year, one of my top four priorities is to improve my marriage. It's like, why wouldn't I try and make it better? So those are my four. What about yeah. yourself? For me, uh, it's, it's funny you say that. It's, I call it the 10-10. So every morning, first off, my, my number one priority is to go to the gym. And if you guys haven't seen me for a while, I've actually lost 30 pounds in the last 18 months. So, uh, Some but, people got the COVID-30 put on. Some people took the COVID-30 took it off. off. It was very good. So uh, going to the gym every morning, number one priority for me every day. Uh, number two is to do my 10-10, which is to write down 10 things that I'm grateful for, 10 things that I want to accomplish either that day, that week, or the next year, or the next 10 years. Uh, the number three thing is to, definitely to improve on my marriage. And number four is to build a more impactful, better relationship with my kids. I love it. So here's where we want to go from here. I want you to pull out on one of those pages right there. You've got a blank week at a glance. A blank week at a glance. Anyone find the page? There it is. 131. 131. Go ahead and turn to that. Okay. So what I want you to think about is, if you really now know what makes you happy, what makes you feel accomplished, what's the biggest issue in your business right now, if you now have those answers, again, going back to the concept that we both believe in, that your calendar is a reflection of your priorities, then what should probably be the basic building blocks on your calendar? Riddle me this, Batman. It's not, it, it, Rick teaches us, like, we'll give you the answer first, <laughs> and we ask the question, and you kind of read it back, right? So if we now know the answers to what makes us happy, what makes us feel accomplished, what's the biggest all our business, and so on, what should be the basic building blocks to your calendar? Those things. The answer to those things. Okay? Because if we start there, it's not hard to go to work. It's not hard to get up. It's not hard to follow your calendar. So I want you to do is figure out what would help fix that issue, right? Like one of mine that I didn't say out loud, an accomplishment is coaching. I love coaching. I love mentoring. I can't do it 40 hours a week. We'd go bankrupt. But how much time can I give to what makes me feel accomplished? I can give four. I can give two for my company, two for the core. No problem at all. If I know what makes me feel happy is going to the ranch, I'm not going to say who I'm thinking of right now. But a young lady to my right over here said that, man, I really can't. I never do anything for myself. I'm a lady. I take care of my kids. I take care of my my husband. I take care of my clients. What do I not take care of? Myself. So put yourself on your calendar. What are you going to do on a weekly basis for yourself to make you happy? Okay. So we need five minutes of no talking time. But you've got to decide, okay, if this makes me happy, what would be an activity that I can plug into my calendar and what time makes the most sense? Here's my best um, advice for you. Get yours first. So whatever those answers are, if you can get it done First thing in the morning before people can screw up your day, get yours done first. My only top priority for me in my calendar that I don't get done first is kids coaching. They don't coach at four in the morning. Otherwise, I would do that. I promise you. Okay? Take five minutes. Start to fill out the basics of your week at a glance.
love how diligently you guys are working. And you can keep working. I'm going to give you kind of the next layer that you're going to put into your calendar after you've taken care of your priorities. Okay? So if you just want to write off the side, and then you can kind of backfill it in into your calendar. Ben and I believe that there's some basic fundamentals to business for business operations to always go forward. Okay? So one of them would be uh, prospecting time for client uh, acquisition. So this would fall into two categories, right? It would be uh, time to do, uh, I believe, for, uh, for loan officers and realtors, the first touch or the follow-up touch to a new lead, because leads are warm for about that long, right? And most of us don't follow up enough. Some of us are better than others. But the bottom line is it's that prospecting time for both clients and referring partners. For loan officers, obviously realtors. For realtors, it might be builders or VIPs. But you've got to have that prospecting time. The reason why power hours don't work in the afternoon is because somebody else's BS is about to become your BS. Or because you've, you've now got tired, so you're going to use that as an excuse to slip out early. Mm-hmm. Or there's some fire in the afternoon that docs have to go out by a certain time or something. And so you've got to sacrifice the prospecting time. Raise your hand if that sounds like you a little bit. Cool. So that first step is go ahead and backfill what your prospecting time is. For me, as an example, I make 10 calls every day before I start work. I want you to think about that. Before I start work, I make 10 calls. My first calendar appointment is at 8.30. So if I'm, drive, if I'm dropping off my kids at 7.30 and I'm driving to work at 8 o'clock, I've got plenty of time to make 10 outbound phone calls. But for me, that was enough to not only push through last year, but also grow. If I do power hours, I like to do half day or all day call days. Works really well for me. That's typically what I'll do. I'll pick every other Monday or one Monday a month to call everybody for the entire day. So go ahead and use that as an example for your prospect. If it works better, one last tactic there that really works for a lot of coaches is most coaches like their greatness tracker to be done by Wednesday. Because they're trying to break it up over Thursday and Friday as well. Something goes wrong or you're tired or leave for a three-day weekend on Friday and it never all gets done. So try and cram in all your calls Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and you'll be just fine. Okay? The second one is you have to have time for leading, managing, and training. So we're creating leads, but we have to cater to the leads. We're getting deals, but we have to close deals. That starts with leading, managing, and training our people. Raise your hand if you don't have training on a daily basis or somebody on your team is not training on a daily basis every day forever. Okay. Fix that. 15 to 30 minutes a day is enough. You guys all heard Rick on stage make fun of the group saying, hey, I do uh, these, these script training. How often does he do it? Daily. Every single day. So monkey see, monkey do, let's just do that. 15 to 30 minutes a day. If you're not a processor, if you don't have great processing skills, have your best processor or a company processor to train your processors. Right? But for every position, don't have the excuse that you don't have time. Find a way to train them up. That will buy you more time in the future. It's an investment. If you don't invest in the market, you don't get the crazy returns that we got this last year. If you don't invest in your people... 
you're not going to get the crazy advantages next year of your time. Does that make sense? The third area is client retention. So we've got client acquisition, but we have to work on client retention as well. Must be in your calendar. So these are things like happy hours, writing LOHs and LOSs. These are doing lunch and learns, leveraged events, things like that to keep your people close. They just have to see you. This is video time. I heard Kelly Zitlow loud and clear. Videos all the time. I don't care if you don't think you look good in the video camera. Turn off the screen. Don't look at how you're looking. Just record it and send it. I did that for the first seven years I did videos. I just record it one time, mistakes and all, and send it. So get over yourself. But client retention is about staying in touch, constant contact. Everything marketing related that you can think of, the recurring lunches would be a part of agent retention or VIP retention. The lunch and learns, the client appreciation parties, the gifting, so time to figure out your gift list for the month with your assistant. Who gets a birthday gift and what, how much are we spending on what? That's all done on your calendar recurring events, right? The next area you've got to remember is working time to work on your business, not in your business. And this is the looking at the data. At this point in this room, all of you make a lot, save a lot, have a lot, get a lot of leads. That's the truth. Anyone listening that, like, you're doing pretty well, okay? But filling out your homework and understanding what it tells you are two different things, okay? Lots of people fill out a freaking lead tracker. Not everyone understands and looks to increase the conversion ratio at the bottom right. Lots of people do a P&L for their business because their CPA or QuickBooks does it for them. Very few people figure out, how does this match up to my peer group? And what can I do to move the needle? Right? Lots of people get a 8% return on their investments in the market. Very few people outperform the market by a couple percentage points in good years and in bad every year. And it's because they take time to look at, work on, and understand the data. They're working on your business, not in your business. Okay? The fifth area, I believe, is growth time. Growth time, bottom line, is the who moved my cheese mentality. Of I, I've got it figured out pretty well now, but I'm sure something else is going to change. So I need to be coached. I need to read. I need to look at YouTube videos. i got to get as much information as I can to feed my growth mindset. But there's got to be time on your calendar to grow, and I believe on a weekly basis. Like, I read every single day, at least 30 minutes a day, at least, no matter what, right? I get coached every single week. Whether it's coaching the coaches or my personal coaching call, I get coached every single week, okay? So that's got to be on your calendar. And the last area, and this is Ben's idea, and it's so true, there's got to be gratitude time on your calendar. I saw about half of you nodding your head that you're tired, and it's kind of... This is taking a long time, and it's great, but I wouldn't mind if my team slowed down, which is really a BS answer, right? Instead, what are you doing daily, whether it's gratitude journaling, whether it's listening to a daily prayer or doing meditation or, or writing thank you cards? Those are all gratitude ideas and moments that need to be on your calendar to keep you in the right mindset moving forward. So those are the six mandatory overlays that must be done for your business to succeed over time. So go ahead and add those now into your already at work 
Calendar at a glance. Week at a glance. Add those in. Come on back. Is there any questions before we, before we close this section up on time management? So what we want to make sure of is that we know that this is a work in progress. This is going to take some time, whether that's today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday. This is something that needs to be worked on and changed. This is something you need to look at and and figure out how you can make your time better. Is there any questions on this before we move? So one of the things that was on my mind when I was just sitting here is, in relation to this, is don't start the day until, in, until it's finished. Don't start the week until it's finished. Don't start the year until it's finished. So think about your day in advance so that you're prepared and you know where you're going and what you're doing. So was there any questions? Any hands? Go ahead. So the question was, Ben, uh, how do you manage interruptions of any kind? Because every interruption is important in the moment, right? Yes. The person interrupting you. So how do you, how do you manage interruptions? So one of the things that helps me, uh, that's Sandy back there, right? Good to see you, Sandy. Uh, one of the things that helps me is that before I leave the day, before, I prepare myself for the next day. So what that means is, I haven't, so now we're getting into some tactics. Are you, if you're, are you guys okay if we move into some tactics? I do, but I want to make sure Sandy yeah. gets that specific question answered, because I, I think I understand. Let me, Go ahead. My, I think what you're saying is, best laid plans go to waste when the emotional loan officer baby comes in and, 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 and complains a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's three things. Here's the three easy answers. Number one is you have to have interruption time, schedule in your calendar that you advertise. Morning from 10 to 10.30, open door. Afternoon from 2 to 2.30, open door. So if you're a manager, you give open door times, and it's closed door outside of that, period, right? There's not many problems that can happen that you can't wait for an hour or two. The second piece of that, and I guarantee you that most managers make this mistake, guys, is never fix a problem in a vacuum. Lots of people, smart people, you people, get a call from a processor or an RP2 that there's a big problem. And especially when you're remote, it's easy to say, okay, let me, let me figure it out, I'll call you back. And then you go into your own world and fix the problem with the underwriter or call the tile company and have them switch two little things into a fixed issue. And they call back and say, hey, Ben, good news, it's all taken care of, don't worry. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're guilty. Cool. So guess what's going to happen next time they have a problem? They're going to call you. So say, cool, let's do a three-way call to the tile company. Let's do a three-way call to the underwriter. You stay quiet, pretend like you're not here. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the situation. Underwriter, here's what I think. How do you think we can fix it? They tell us, here's moving forward. Now you're good. And then when they hang up, hey, Sandy, what did you learn? What did you hear? Because the training is the only way through that over time. Whether you're training people to interrupt you at all times or train people how to find the resource or who else to call to fix the problem, 
it all comes back to training and never fixing things in a vacuum, right? The third thing is, is don't match emotion with emotion. Be really clear. When somebody calls you off, how do you tend to, to respond? Pissed off. Defense is still a little bit off. You're defending your honor, right? So don't ever match emotion with emotion. So my point is, is that when that really emotional loan officer comes in, the world's coming to an end, chill, daddy -o. Smoke a pipe for a little bit. Just joking. Don't ever say that. Right? <laughs> hey, just make sure you're awake. The point is, is like, you show them how to correctly respond to the situation. And it might be as simple as, so tell me what the problem is. Oh my God, this person's saying blah, 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 blah. When's the closing date? Uh, it looks like June 15th. Cool. So this could wait till this afternoon at 2.30 at, my, at our scheduled time, right? Yes. I need time to think about it. No big deal. We got plenty of time. We'll get it handled. Just let the client know. No big deal. Because if you're on the phone and getting all hyped up as a realtor or lender with the client, it's making it worse, not better. So never match emotion with emotion. As managers and leaders, we match it with logic. Does it make sense? Cool. Because I want to get into other tactics. I want, I want him to run with this. One last question. And we'll, we'll, go ahead. Working on your business looks like one hour scheduled every single week to meet with uh for me, it's four, it's four exact things, just to be clear. I, meet, I talk to or, or meet with my financial planners and CPAs once a month. I get coached by my CFO and my P&L once a month. I sit down with my secretary to review my core homework, which she fills out, but I want to understand once a month. It's the third week. The fourth one is I meet with my uh, managers on my team for my branch to review my VTO twice a month. The v, uh, It's my... Business plan review. I meet with them for two hours twice a month to review my business plan. So that's specifically working on the business, not in the business. I want to look at December's goals for the year every other week, not how do we do in December. Make sense? Great question. Okay, we want to turn the page to tactics to make sure we don't run out of time. Because Ben has some great tactics for time management specifically we want to run through first. Cool. Ahead, Thanks, Josh. Yep. So... You guys heard my story about uh, the roll on the rocks, right? So going through this process of making this change and really understanding the discipline equals freedom took me some time. And now that I understand that and have a clearer picture of what my life looks like, what I, the way I break up my day is I look at it as a... So I live in Utah, right? I live in Utah now. The Olympics are there. You guys have seen the ski jump. You ever seen a skier in a, getting ready to go down the hill? He's up there, he's got his poles in the ground, he's getting ready to push off, and he's gonna go down that hill as fast as he can, and he's gonna, and he's gonna jump, right? And he's soaring through the air. So that's, that's my mindset with my calendar. So, so think about this just for a second. So, the, I break up my day into four quadrants. Okay? That works really good for me. So I get up every morning at 5.30, and from 5.30 to 8.30, that's my time. That's my time, and then from 8.30 to 12, that's my prospecting time, and from 12 to 5, that's my appointment time. And from and fr 5 to 5.30, that's my time to get caught up, and from 5.30 on is my family time. Every day, my office shuts down at 5.30. And so what's funny is, is I've had all these, uh, you know, with coaching. Wait, I want you to repeat that back. So it was yes. family time was the first quadrant. First quadrant is my time. Okay. Personal time. Got Personal it. time, from 5.30 to 8.30. 
from 8.30 to 12, that's prospecting time. Prospecting. So before that, we have a team, we start the day off from 8.30 to 9. So after 9, we are all in for that first hour of prospecting. Everybody in the office, there's no interruptions in the office. None. Zero. Okay? And then if you don't, if you don't have those, that prospecting done, then you, you're carrying that into 12 o'clock. And my team knows to not bother me in that time. Okay? Love so, that. what's the third quadrant? The third quadrant is appointment time. So that's from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Because I get a little hangry when I don't eat. So from 12 to 1, I gotta have my time to eat. It gives me a chance to get caught up on anything, any questions anybody has, like uh, Josh talked with Sandy about, if there's LOs that have questions about deals, that's my time to answer any questions. And then from 5 to 5.30, again, that's a chance to get caught up, send any emails, make any phone calls that I need to make that I don't have. In the last quadrants. And then 5.30 is drive home, 6 o'clock. That's when I'm coming down that hill and I'm jumping off with my family. And that's been a big change for me because as I told you growing up on a farm, everything was about work. We worked as a family. We, we worked all day. And so for me coming home, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And so the big change for me with a lot of conversations with Rick, calling him up and saying, Hey Rick, I've got an out of line kid. I've got problems in my marriage, all those things like making sure that I understand when I come home, that phone gets turned off and I'm focused on my family. I know that that's hard, but we've got to turn it off and we've got to focus on what's most important in our lives. Love okay, it. cool. So the second thing is, is leveraging others. Who here leverages others? Do you've ever thought about time management with leveraging others? So let me, let me tell you a, a story and how I got into the core. So one night about 10, 12 years ago, uh, I was in my office, or before that, my wife calls me. She says, hey, Ben, I'm going out of town on a girls' weekend. Can you, take, can you make sure that you're home at 5 o'clock on Friday? I said, yeah, no problem. So that week goes along. I don't realize it. We have 15 closings that day. Back to back, I'm in one closing. The title officer is in the other closing starting it. And 15 closings. And so I call her. I'm like, hey, I can't leave. Can you drop the kids off the office? I, she said, that's fine. She'll drop the kids off the office. So I have my six-year-old son, Drew, my three-year-old Cole at that time, come into the office. And it, it, you can imagine what that's like, right? They're tearing things apart. I'm on the phone. I'm a one-man team. I have an assistant, and she, she gets me lunch. She manages my database in an Excel spreadsheet, right? We've all been there. And I realized at that time that I needed help. But before that, I didn't know what to do. So I went from closing 25 loans a month. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to work like this anymore. And so I, I, turned, I turned the faucet off. I'm like, I am not prospecting anymore. And so I said, fine, five to ten loans a month. That's all I'm going to do, right? And so I was at an event, and Rick said, you are selfish if you are not allowing others to help you, and you're selfish because you're not helping others. And I remember my journal having it, writing, you are selfish in big, bold letters on my, in my journal. And I, and I said to myself, I need to be a part of the core. Whatever it takes, I want to be a part of the core. I need to be a part of the core. I need to learn to how, how to build a team. So if you're not leveraging others, right? So I have a 10-person team on my team that allow me 
to do what I need to do so that I can prospect and I can have those appointments and get rid of those distractions. Are you staffed correctly? I mean, my gosh, we as coaches, we have literally been talking about this for the past year. What's the metric? Past 15 years. In fact, well, I know it's been hammered in for the last year. What's the metric for your team? Five to one, right? Most of us are branch managers in here. Five to one is lenders. As realtors, what is it? I, I'm not sure I know. I'm sorry. So making sure that you have the proper staffing so that you can do what you're supposed to do, right? And then the third thing is, the third thing is, is systems and process. Why, what would systems and process have to do with time management? So I hate that answer. I hate systems and process, but I love it. Yeah, systems and process. What does it have to do with time management? So if you don't, so when I got in the business, and I bet a lot of lenders here can relate, is when you take, I used to take, has anybody taken an application on a napkin? <laughs> has anybody taken an application on a napkin and said, hey, here's, here, here, here you go. And by the way, the contract's coming in in 30 minutes, right? Yep. And then we're trying to scramble to get docs. And then we're trying to figure out how their income works. And then we got appraisal issues. And then guess what happens? They're in the moving van, and we're not ready to close. That's happened several times in my career. I don't want that life. I don't want to be in that situation. I want my cl- I want to be safe. That's the word I use with my team. I want to be safe, right? So if you're not taking a complete application, if you're not getting the documents up front, then you're constantly dealing with fires. And then you're getting pulled away and you're constantly distracted from doing what you're supposed to do. Raise your hand if you're guilty of having systems and process that everyone on the team follows except for you. Okay, just making sure it's not me alone. Okay, awesome. (laughs) I'm in that category. Those always work out just peachy, just right. I'm, I'm, I'm in that category sometimes too. But the team holds me accountable so that we can't move along. So, what's some other things for you, Josh? Oh, dude. What's some other tactics? I'm going to rattle through some, and you guys just start uh, writing down, and we'll kind of because I want to make sure there's a little bit of time for Q and A. Number one, you have to create your filters to say yes to no to, which we already did. You wrote down your top priorities for the year. What are your top four priorities for the year? Uh, An example, what I mean by a filter is people ask me and all of you for a lot of stuff all the time. You have to have that filter of is this in my top priorities? If not, the answer is no. So, for example, I was asked to teach at a lot of local colleges all over Texas, about five of them at this point, Texas A&M, my alma mater, Trinity, uh, UTSA, UT, like as in Texas, not the Tennessee one. And it's very uh, ego-stroking to go be a, a professor for a day at those universities, right? And I've done it always because I like giving back, except that when I realized that by saying yes to them, I was saying no to my family, I was traveling for that extra day, I was not taking care of my clients, it allowed me to start politely saying, thank you so much for the opportunity, but this year is not going to be a good year for that. Create those filters. The filters are your priorities. So uh, print up your top four priorities and frame it on your desk. And every time you're asked to do something that your gut says, I want to, look at the priorities. And if it's not in there, the answer is no. Okay? Can I add something? Yeah, please. Uh, Roy says, filtering out clutter unlocks success. I'm going to write that down. Thank you very much. Yep. Filtering out clutter unlocks success. Excellent. Number two, no no white space. Uh, if you look at my calendar, which is in the handouts over there, you'll see literally that there's no time to breathe or pee because 
I've got the next event happening in the next 30 minutes. The reason why it's a great time management tactic, some of you already said there's too much stuff in my calendar. Okay. Well, if I have back to back to back to back client appointments, I probably average around 15 a day this time, this, this last 12 months. So like between pre-qualifications applications with me, 12 to 15 a day, then I can't be late. I can't talk for an extra 30 minutes. I'm going to get in, get it done, get out like Rick says. So by stacking back to back, you become more effective. So if you have one hour blocks for loan apps or two hour blocks for buyers rep meetings or three hours for listings, whatever it is, choose to knock out 25% of that and put somebody behind them with appropriate drive time, of course. Okay. But just assume you can get it done faster, get to the point, be more prepared up front so you don't have to figure things out on the fly, which is why people run late, late on their appointments. Okay. Number three, if you have an executive assistant of any kind, they are the gatekeeper. My wife, Christy, does not call me to see if she can put a vacation, a kids event, a school thing, or a sporting event on the calendar. She literally calls Katie. Katie, my secretary, puts in the calendar. Why? Because Nikki and I follow our calendar 100% of the time. 95 to 100. So if it says go home, go leave at 2 o'clock to make this event at school, I just go because that's what's in my calendar. you got to make somebody else your gatekeeper. You dictate the rules to your gatekeeper because they don't break the rules like you do. Here's what I'm willing to have my calendar. Here's what I'm not willing to have my calendar. Here's the ones that you should ask me first. But drive everyone to that gatekeeper. Okay? Uh, identify, this is a big question asked daily, big time management tip, because some of you don't have full calendars. Okay? And we all have that list of things we'd like to get done. But they're not all equal. So the question you ask yourself is, what, if done first, this is worth writing down, what, if done first, makes me the most money or saves me the most time? Love it, Josh. What, if done first, makes me the most money or saves me the most time? Whether you like it or not, do that first. That's how you backfill into your, your white space. Do it with not what interests you, squirrels. Do what will move the needle the furthest, the fastest, with the most impact in your business. Okay? Um, define what a good day is for you. One of the th- Remember I said one of the goals of this is to have more joy in your day-to-day groundhog days. Some of you guys are unrealistic about what a good day is. And unfortunately, based on stories I heard from Jane this morning, some of you, and what JJ referenced earlier this morning as well, you're waiting for to understand what a bad day is before you really understand how good you got it today. Right? So define what a good day is. Mine are really easy. If I laugh hard, like laugh uncontrollably hard, one time. If I learn something new today, anything. Or if I experience something new, it was a great freaking day. My kids taught me that. Kids sometimes are the wisest people in the world. If you laugh hard, if you learn something new and you experience something new, any of those three for me is a good day. If you want to uh, take it down to a business acumen, then it might be, did I just make all my calls and all my lists? You heard Rick. He feels accomplished. Remember one of the four questions. What makes you feel accomplished? What makes Rick feel accomplished is just finishing the call lists 
that are given to them daily. So figure out what that is and make sure you move through with it. So define that good day. Here's a home tip for all of you guys that are trying to appease a, I'll say woman. Uh, it could be husbands too. So one of the things that frustrates me the most is I have this big full week. It's a very full week. I'm very tired on the weekends. Okay. But I play hard too. So you guys have seen me around the fire pit late at night, two, three in the morning. Uh, I, I work hard. I play really hard. So I'm kind of always tired, but it's, it's worth it for me. Right. But what I do is, and what I dislike is sometimes I'll come in on a Saturday morning, and on Saturday, or when I wake up, Christy will say, hey honey, I need you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G for me today. Or, I knew we were going to have a, a, a lunch or a dinner party at my house on Thursday night, and Wednesday night, I get A, B, C, D, F, G, honey-do list to do. So what I do is, every Monday morning, I ask her what my honey-do week is for the week. It's a really easy way to get ahead of it. Hey, honey, don't tell me what I've got to do today. Tell me what I have to get done this week, and I'll figure it out. Like, don't tell me to go to Lowe's when I drove by Lowe's 30 minutes ago. Like, just tell me at the beginning of the week. It will help save your marriage, I promise you. Okay? Um, one time a quarter. One time a quarter. Scheduled on your calendar, recurring event. Trust me on this. You must have one meeting uh, with an assistant to remove stuff from your calendars, and remove stuff from your existing process and checklists. The only purpose of that meeting is what can I stop doing that's on my calendar that's not as effectual or effective as I thought it might be. What are wow checklist items that really aren't being received that well? Or what are some things that are redundant in our process that two people are doing and we can do it earlier and have one person do it? Okay, It's a quarterly recurring event to remove stuff. We're so quick to go back to our teams and load it on. Hey, you have this great event. Here's 50 new things to add to your job duties. And never take things away. Start taking stuff away. They will appreciate that. Okay? Fill up your calendar first. Then fill it up with the right people. Second. Then fill it up with the right activities. Third. But the first step is fill it up. You don't know what you can really do until you really have a full calendar. There's not been one time, so uh, Nikki probably knows me the best in this group because she's at my company as well, that I had a really interesting, we'll call it interesting, interesting is not always great, rough year last year when my team captain left, two days before COVID started. So all of a sudden I had an extra entire job duty added on with a two-day heads up. It's amazing how I still got it all done. I did more loans. I still got it all done because I'm used to understanding that there's always more time. Just fill that bad boy up. Expect to get things done in less time. Make sure you're doing it with the right people and make sure it's the most important things, but no problem at all. Fill it up first, though. Okay? Uh, he already talked about leveraged events, but what he didn't remind you of is use recurring events. Like, stop setting appointments with the same people every month. Like, say, hey, Jim, I really like you. Can we just do this every month forever? And Jim says, yes. And then I'll say, do you have a smartphone in your pocket? Which Jim does. And I'll say, I'm going to give you a calendar invite. Accept it now. And you never have to schedule a lunch with Jim again. It's just smart business. Do that with your teammates. Do that with your key people in your life, your key VIPs, your builders, whatever. Have recurring events forever. One day per week, do what brings you joy. 
It's a BS answer to say when my kids graduate, one day when my business gets to where I expect it to be, then I'll take care of myself. Did you see my calendar, Josh? The one that was in the book? Yep, the yep. one in the book. Yep. Did you see what was on Friday? Golf. I leave every Friday at 1 o'clock. Once a week. Once a week. It's Follow scheduled. Rules. And everybody knows. Guys, it's a basic idea, and you claim you don't have time. You are choosing not to be happy. So stop bitching about it. Just choose to be happy. Put that crap on your calendar and then follow your calendar. Is it really hard for you to leave you to play golf? No. No. Follow your calendar. Put it on your calendar. Do what makes you happy. I go to my ranch every week. Period. End stop. I go every week. Why? Is it happy. because I got nothing to do at work? No. Because my daughter's dating people now. I have to go to the ranch. Okay? It's really important that I stay sane. Okay? Um, and then... The last two little details I'll give before we open up to some Q&A is um, get up earlier. I talked to a couple people at the fire pit two nights ago. They were talking about how they're just not morning people. It's just stupid. Like, get up earlier. No one really likes getting up at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. I love watching the best of best Kobe was there before the 3.30 surprise. I'm going to beat you. That's what real doers do. Doers get up earlier. They get done more before the average person goes to work. Right? So if you're struggling on quality time, personal time, get up an hour earlier and meditate. Get up an hour earlier and go on a run. Get up an hour earlier and watch freaking friends. I don't care. But do what you do for you first and foremost. Right? The last thing is something that Rick said in an off-cuff meeting on a coach's coach, uh, coaching the coach's call about three weeks ago. And it was... Super impactful to me. And to me, it's also a key to time management. Who Raise your hand if you've had a amazingly insightful, don't know how the hell I did it, three-minute conversation with Rick. And he was like, go, go, bye. Raise your hand if you've had that. Okay. So he brought this concept that I'm like, I'm really buying into. We talk about quantity of time, right? Like, people are like, you need to hang out with more with your kids. Well, no. Like, yes and no, but being around them watching TV is quantity of time. It's not what we're looking for. What's the second one we're looking for? Quality of time, right? Like, I would rather shoot hoops with my kids for 30 minutes and tuck in all three of my kids every night for 20 minutes, and that quality time is better than three hours of couch time on a Saturday. Anyone disagree with that? Cool. Rick says that's not the best time. The third best time and the most important time is impactful time. Impactful time. So the key to having 50 referring partner relationships and doing it in 40 hours a week and having 50 clients closing a month and having 200 pre-qualifications and loan applications and team meetings and company meetings and Zoom meetings and coaching meetings is, by God, if you're going to do it, make it impactful. Like, be impactful. And the key to being impactful is asking better questions. Like, stop talking about your agenda. Start talking about what they need help with. So I came in with an idea of what I want to talk about. Ben came in with an idea of what we were talking about. We did not follow that idea all the way. And the reason is, when I walked in about 15 minutes before this started, I was talking to two and three and four and five people on the way in, and I literally asked one lady that we haven't had a good conversation ever, like uh, been around for 
three, four, five years, an alumni actually, happens to be in the realtor side, so I just never have connected. And I literally said, why are you here? Like, I want to know. Like, why are you showing up to Mastering the Clock class? Why are you here? And that's the idea is that at least I know for her today, I spoke and delivered an impactful speech because I tailored it to what she needed. Does that make sense? So if you're going to think about how can you get more done in less time, how do you not do the 8 and 12, but the 12 and 8 that JJ was talking about this morning? That's the key. Impact, impact, impact. That's how Rick gets 10 calls done in 30 minutes where it takes us three hours because he's impactful, insightful, listens, cares, and impacts. Does that make sense? So... That's all I wanted to talk about today. Ben, did you have any final thoughts? No. No? If you guys would uh, do me a favor, does anyone have any last Q&A questions? We have about three, four, five minutes. Anyone have any last Q&A? Anything that we didn't cover in detail? Yes, sir. Yeah, so you, you, know, you always set these up as kind of recurring and uh, kind of a schedule. But each week, like Friday, do you review what you're going to do next Monday and come in? Or how often do you do updating it? Absolutely. Question is, how often do you review your calendar and how often do you change it? Week at a glance. Absolutely. Week in advance, just like I said, day at a glance. I'm preparing the day before I go home or the week before all that. Yes. Yep. The only thing I would add on to this for some of you that are branch managers or lead companies as well is you might have three calendars or four calendars. Like I have a team calendar. I have a branch calendar. I have a company calendar. I have a core calendar. You build all those out, and you have a family calendar, too, by the way, so five. And then you lay them on top of each other and layer them. Love that idea. Does it make sense? Like, what do I have to get done daily, weekly, monthly, annually for my family? What do I need to get done daily, weekly, monthly, annually for my team? Write that down, guys. And then overlay those calendars. Do four or five calendars, whatever matters most to you. Great question. Get a question? Eric? Um, First question, you mentioned earlier if you coach your kids for 40 hours a week, If I coached my kids for 40 hours a week, <laughs> yeah, meaning like if I if I lit, <laughs> well, if I coached my kids for 40 hours a week, I would be doing nothing work related. That's the concept, I guess. <laughs> Although in 10 years that would have been an investment, and maybe I'd actually get some dollars back from my kids. That might help. Yep. That's a great question. So here's my general breakdown of what it means. So I've got all these job hats, right? You got these hats to take them on, put them off, right? So for me, and it's going to change next year and every year after, but for me, for the last 10 years, it's three days is designated to team, one day to company, and one day is to uh, core. So that's ba- the basic breakdown that I've had for Nikki since you've known me, right? It's I can get in three days, if I want to close 50 deals a month, and I don't need to close under. I just want 50. That's fine. 30, 30 is great for me. 30 to 50 is awesome. If I want that, I don't have to have more than about, you know, double that in loan apps and prequels in a, in a month. So I can get it all done in three, in three days. When I say company, the company is me coaching people in my company, me with my business partner and owner, Dan. It's me, it's calling loan officers at my company. It's all those other things, right? It's about a day a week and then a day for coaching in general. Great question. Other questions? Yes, sir. Do you have your um, team 
No, that's a great question. Do you have your team? Absolutely, yes. For yeah, for sure. So what does that look like for a teammate? So just like I explained for me, from 8.30 to 9, typically they have that blocked out for the team meeting. From 9 to 12, we're all on the phone, right? Prospecting, trying to generate new leads, getting yep. new leads. Everybody takes a lunch from 12 to 1 or stagger that. And then 1 to 5, they're doing follow-up, uh, meeting with clients if they need to. So it's that it's we're, we're generating that business in the morning. Love it. We're going to stick around out in the hallway for, uh, or actually here for a couple minutes afterwards for questions. Guys, here's my final thoughts. Really simply, if you start to understand that the reason why you're fighting your calendar is because you don't like what's in it, and if you started with what matters most and is a priority for you, for your family, for your health, for your wealth, and built out the way I taught you to build out, it becomes easy to follow your calendar. And that's how you can have it all. And that is what been my hope is for you, is to have a better year and grow in fewer hours by actually following your calendar. So that's all the time we've got. If you just turn it over, open up and take a picture on the back of your things. Ben, give us a five. My pleasure. Thank you. Give us a ten. I don't care. Give us a ten. <laughs> Love you guys. See you later. Thank you. You've been listening to the Core's Sales Training Bootcamp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.